Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 22 of The Snapshot. We are your hosts. My name is Brendan Patrick, and I'm joined by none other than Marvel Snap phenom, KM Best. The Snapshot is a Marvel Snap podcast focused on the competitive side of the game, and for episode 22, we'll be breaking down one of Marvel Snap's most anticipated cards to date, High Evolutionary. We're going to be talking about some of the top-performing lists, as well as spotlighting other strategies and lists that are doing well against it. Let's get into it. I can. Your week in Marvel Snap, sir. My week in Marvel Snap was phenomenal. I really enjoyed uh, being able to work with Second Dinner on the High Evolutionary Community Spotlight release video. I got access to the, I don't even know what to call it, like a test server <laughs> where I could just play High Evolutionary against bots to my heart's content. So the video on Marvel Snap's YouTube channel is going to be slightly less up to date than the one on my current channel. Uh, Cam Best in a snap. But it is, I think, a much more, uh, I guess, beginner oriented look into High Evolutionary, like just like, you know, how to think about the card, what the card actually does, how to start deck building with it, what possible synergies exist, and generally like what I did based on my assessment of those synergies and places to investigate in the future as well. So it's like card spotlight slash these are the cards that go well with it slash here are some decks that I built. And then on my channel, you have like the with full context. Everyone is playing high evolutionary and Luke right now. What should we play in that metagame kind of video? So obviously huge, huge thank you to Second Dinner for uh, allowing me to do that. I'm extremely grateful for the opportunity and I'd be happy to work on any more if they uh, happen to come my way. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's awesome to hear. That's actually, that's a huge, sort of a huge achievement for you and your channel. Um, I haven't checked my client specifically yet, but I'm assuming that that video will also be featured in client as well. Um, I've seen this. I have no uh, idea, actually. Yeah. I, I don't would, even know. I, I don't, I, I play on steam. Mm -hmm. that, that section doesn't exist for me. So that section has to be one of the sort of, most beneficial sections to be on, I think, as a Marvel Snap content creator, because while we can sit here and we can podcast about what we consider to be competitive Marvel Snap, there is a massive, massive user base that just plays this game casually, just plays on mobile. And I think that the potential uptick from being in that new section is crazy. And I can only imagine that your videos in there because it's it's directed at new players and it's going to help people sort of pick up High Evolutionary, figure it out. It's one of the more complicated cards. It's maybe not complicated in terms of... Um, I guess how it interacts with the game, but you get high evolutionary. You have to figure out what all these new cards do. Everything gets new text. It's going to take a while. So um, yeah, big achievement for you. Congratulations. And yeah, hope to see more of it in the future. I've seen them actually pick up some people's Twitter posts, which I thought was, which I thought was awesome. Yeah, no, I, I think the only thing of mine that has been shared on there that I've ever seen is a Twitter post of mine. Oh, yeah. I mean, I got that going for me. That that's sick. That uh, that's. I'm so happy that they do that. I think a lot of companies will wait wait a long time to kind of come around to that to featuring content creators like in app. It's just it's so helpful and it's great. The second they're just doing that sort of out of the gate. Um, in terms of my week in Marvel Snap, I'm um, just been playing a little bit. Obviously, preparing for this content creator clash that's coming up at the end of June. I was playing a bit of the. Like some just some ramp to <laughs> crush some of these guinea pride lists, uh, which was fun while it lasted, um, and just exploring what archetypes, uh, you know, any other archetypes outside of that. I think that overall the meta was in an interesting spot pre high evolutionary where you had a lot of these sort of point slam decks, or at least early kitty pride once it came back out. These 
point slam decks and these counter decks. It was quite a quite a dichotomy. Do you think we're in a different spot right now? Because I don't. I haven't actually seen too much on ladder, but all I saw was that pretty much everybody I played against was playing Lambie Stanos list, which I will put up once we're going to talk about it in the main section. It's going to be a dedicated like, dedicated talk, so I'll put it up then. But almost every opponent I played against was playing Lambie Stanos list. What did you experience? Uh, right, but like that's not because the list is good. That well, not that it's not good, but they're not playing it because it's good. They're playing it because it's Evo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I, I, I think the Thanos list is the best Evo list right now, but it's being played because it's Evo and it's the best Thanos list because it's the Evo deck that relies on Evo the least. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's what's actually happening Classic, here. Because yeah. everyone's playing Luke Cage, so you can't actually play High Evolutionary the way you want to play High Evolutionary. Everyone's just going to play Luke Cage on you, so you're just stuck splashing Wasp and Hulk. Because those are the cards that don't get turbo screwed over by Luke Cage. Because if your Wasp gets screwed over by Luke Cage, well, you were already playing Wasp. Mm-hmm. But everyone else, they're putting all these other cards in their deck. And now suddenly people are playing unironic Cyclopses and things that are actually just Cyclops and the thing without the Patriot buff. And yeah, like I, I'm actually really annoyed, honestly, where it's like, OK, we have this incredible, cool new card. What is it? Oh, uh, it's Luke Cage. <laughs> Luke Cage debuted in Marvel Snap. Uh, Luke Cage. But it's like, this, this, because of a Luke Cage, we can't actually play any of the cool high Evo decks because they lose to Luke Cage. So we have to play a Luke Cage and then, like, you know, a normal high Evo deck or a high Evo stapled into a different archetype mm-hmm. that was already running Wasp. Yeah. And, Luke- and, like, don't get me wrong, Hulk is good. It's got keyword big. That's a really important keyword to have. Uh, big number, big, important, important to win games of Marvel Snap. But I'm not convinced it's much more than a side grade. And I think the real upgrade would come from no, to be clear, Hulk, great wasp, great. Mm-hmm. The cost of running a four cost four power unit is the thing that makes it maybe a little bit of a side grade. But we'd really ideally want to be getting more out of our high evolutionary. Like the next cards to go in would be like thing. An abomination, but we can't because they're crap because of Luke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so day one meta, I would absolutely expect pretty much everybody to throw in Luke Cage as the two drop into almost any deck. Uh, as we progress, right? So this we're recruiting this podcast on Thursday. It will come out on Monday. Uh, do you think that people take Luke Cage out of their deck? Do you think that High Evolutionary ticks down a bit and maybe there's room for High Evolutionary to expand into these other cards that fit into that archetype? Or is Luke Cage just way too solid of a two-drop that people are just like, "Mm, yeah, as long as this is even remotely popular, I'm running Luke Cage as my (laughs) two-drop. It might honestly be that, right? Like, Luke Cage ain't, like, great all the time. But, like, the fact that not only does he just ruin anyone playing this new card... He also just like randomly auto wins you Necrotia. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not nothing. Like it, there there is a cost associated with playing him, but it's not nearly as severe as the cost associated with playing high evolutionary, right? I'd rather have a loot cage in my deck than a 4-4 do nothing any day of the week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting to see the dichotomy uh, as High Evolutionary is released. It was so hyped up. And people, a lot of people are talking about it's going to be broken. And then Luke Cage just comes in. It's just like the one of, not I wouldn't say the ultimate counter card, but it's a serious counter card that very much limits your deck building uh, creativity with something like High Evolutionary. Right. That's actually the thing that bothers me is like we should be exploring what we can do with High Evolutionary, but we can't 
because 75% of people are playing Luke Cage. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to explore. We don't get to actually play with the card until that happens. That doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, so like I said, this this podcast is coming out on Monday, recording on Thursday. But Cam, I have to ask you, in case anybody's listening to this this episode and they haven't bought High Evolutionary yet and they've heard all the hype on Monday when they when this final releases, what is what is is it is it a buy or a pass for now, do you think? Is it was it overhyped? Yes. Mm-hmm. I think it was overhyped because people looked at it and they said this is just like Thanos. Yeah. And it's not. So here, I, I do like overhyped would be that, that's a really easy one, right? Mm-hmm. Is it overhyped is super easy to answer. Of course it is. Duh. Like, yes, extremely. Uh, almost every card that comes out gets overhyped. I can't think of one that doesn't get overhyped. So let's actually dive down a little bit more into, you know, is it overhyped versus. Oh, God, like, is it overhyped versus is it worth buying? Mm-hmm. Because I have a sort of pretty fundamental contention about high evolutionary decks in the context of this metagame. And I want to be super clear. We're only talking about this metagame, the cards that exist right now. No further changes. Jesus, I hiccup during that. No further changes. We can even leave that in. I don't really care. But like in the context of right now, high evolutionaries decks all trend mid range. And there are there's like maybe one notable exception, which we'll get to later in the episode. But I can spoil now is uh, the Get Wrecked, and I'm sure a million other people came up with this, but he's just the person I saw playing it, uh, Moon Girl Abomination list. I tried making a list like that when I had early access to High Evo. I couldn't get it to actually be good, and I sort of gave up on it because I was like, okay, well, we just lose to Wave. But apart from that, basically every High Evo deck is a mid-range deck. You're doing fundamentally mid-range things. You are mm. playing... You know, uh, here is uh, the thing that's a four nine. Uh, here is a cheap nine power abomination. Here is a Cyclops that ends up being like a three seven or whatever. Right. We're playing things that are above rate, but they aren't like galactic huge. We're not getting to 30 power. We're not getting to 40 power. We don't beat things like that. That actually can do that. We don't beat Kitty Pride Hit Monkey nut draws. I mean, not even like nut draws. We just kind of don't beat draws. <laughs> like uh, we don't beat Patriot when they draw the card Patriot. Like we don't. We, there's a lot of stuff that just goes over the top of you, right? If you're playing a normal high evolutionary deck, and that means that every high evolutionary deck needs to have the answers to those cards, right? If you want to beat Kitty Pride, you need to play Wave. If you want to beat Patriot, you need to play Enchantress or Super Scroll. But then you're like, okay, is that actually the best thing for my wave enchantress deck? Can't I just be playing like wave enchantress with Darkhawk? And isn't that just better? And that's sort of why Thanos ends up being the shell that high evolutionary makes the most sense in a downside is a little bit mitigated because, you know, a four, four, whatever, who cares? You have 18 cards in the deck instead of 12. It's less of a bad thing Mm. in Thanos. And then the other would be because you're already running Wasp, right? You already are running Wasp, so that's what's happening. But now, like all these other lists, you have to like, okay, you need to find room for Wasp. Because like, why are we playing he Haivo for not playing Wasp? That's awesome. It's a free zero three. That's crazy. Uh, and then you need to find room for Luke Cage because everyone's playing Haivo now. And then you need to you need to you need to play the thing, and you need to play Cyclops. You need to be passing the turn a little bit, so you need to play like Sunspot. And then it just it's just it, there's it's twelve cards only. There's too much. 
And so I think High Evo ends up in a spot where his full potential certainly has not been explored. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm excited to look at the like lane control High Evo builds, but a lot of High Evo decks, it seems to me, are decks that are side grades to existing decks. So if you look at like a High Evo lane control build, how much better than that, or how much better is that than Iron Lad Doom lane control? Mm. Is it significantly better? Is it significantly worse? I don't actually know. Because I've been of the belief that the lane control shell was like already good. Yeah. And High Evo makes, I think, Cyclops really good, and it makes the Hulk really good. And I think that would be the, the pitch. The elevator pitch for High Evo lane control is win one lane with Storm Cyclops, win another lane with Enormous Hulk. That's the elevator pitch. And I like that pitch, actually. I just don't know if it's worth running a 4-4. Yeah. And that is, I think, I think this is like a very, very, very key difference here when we talk about high Evo versus Thanos. Thanos's stones are better than any card high Evo creates, with the possible exception of Wasp. And I don't even, I don't even, I don't even think that's. I, I'll be honest, they're better than every card. Do you know why? Because they all say draw a card on them. Like that's, that's it. They all say draw a card on them. And so the comparison of High Evo to Thanos, you know, they're both big bads. I've made this comparison, but I think that kind of comparison by definition ends up overrating him. Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't think he's a bad card. I want to be clear. I think there's a ton to explore with him, but and, and I honestly do think a ton of some of the stuff he does is actually really, really, really powerful. But. I do think that overhyped would be the proper way to phrase it. Yeah. The one that I, the, the way I'd like to phrase it is that you don't need to buy him to compete um, right now. Correct. Yeah. And that, I think in retrospect, that probably rarely happens, but it does happen where it feels like, okay, I might need to buy this new card to at least, or feel a bit more competitive on, on ladder. It's probably a bit of a fallacy to feel like you can't compete with the card, but this Jet card in particular. Iron Lad. Yes. Zabu. <laughs> Silver Surfer, Dark Hawk. Okay, I was thinking that... Uh, so six times ever, basically. Yeah, I was thinking that, you know, because Haivo is so overhyped, I think that Iron Lad might be one of the most underrated or underhyped cards because people... I've been trying to tell people. Yeah, people were, Did people, I not say people this? People thought it was going to be good, but everybody was like, oh, you got to wait for Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck. It's like... Mm. Okay, well, those people are not worth listening to. But like, like the... Like, I've been telling people, like, hey, you know, I wouldn't be shocked. I thought I said that on this podcast. I'd have to go back and re-listen. But I, I thought I said before this that I wouldn't be shocked if Lad ended up being a stronger card than Evo. Mm -hmm. May have. And I still wouldn't be shocked. Lad, it, it's not actually shade to high Evo. Lad is just really good. It's really, really good like, card. Lad is just a really good card. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, let's head into the news. We did have an OTA, and there was an announcement, I think, along with this OTA that they're moving OTAs to twice a month instead of once every week. Um, but I think it's like three times a month or twice a month. It's like what it is is it, they do one week off. Yeah. And so then there it goes like OTA patch, patch. OTA week off OTA patch OTA mm -hmm. I think is the schedule yeah 
For the changes this week, we have Black Bolt moving from a 5.8 to a 5.7, Stature from a 5.7 to a 5.6, Negasonic Teenage Warhead moving from a 3.4 to a 3.5, Invisible Woman for, woman moving from a 2.2 to a 2.3. So I actually had this happen to me, um, Cam, is someone asked me about this change and they were like, what the hell is this? <laughs> this doesn't make any sense in the current meta. So from what I understand, the the OTAs are a little bit delayed in terms of the meta they target. So this one might feel a little bit out of touch, but that's because the Black Bolt Stature deck pre-wave uh, pre, uh, buff, I don't know if you want to call it a buff or a nerf, the pre-wave rework, rework we'll say, uh, was very, very powerful. So I think this was uh, an OTA sort of targeted yeah. at that meta. Um, I mean, I don't think it had a bad matchup. No, it was just point only stats, right? It was points. <laughs> I think it just didn't have any bad matchups. Yeah, it was. I think maybe I. I thought you know. Okay, I'll be fair to myself. I thought Moon Girl Hulk was favored into it, but I do think there's like a pretty significant skill curve with mm-hmm. that deck, and also there are like that's the kind of copium that players like to say is like, oh, I think I'm favored, but everyone else is just bad. Uh, so I don't I don't know if it actually was favored, but I wouldn't be shocked if it had like one or no bad matchups. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the buffs to Negasonic TH Warhead moving from a three four to three five, which is Polar stats, but it blows up. <laughs> and invisible. Yeah, movement. it's like why would you increase the stats? It's <laughs> gonna go away. Pump my null bags or something. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's like I don't know. Um, but the invisible woman two 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 three. Does that affect? I mean, it seems pretty I underwhelming. Like that one a lot. Yeah, can you put it no, into like? I don't a, think that seems underwhelming at all. Let me let me, let me tell you why. So, I, I there's like a bunch of stuff that this the card could go in, mm-hmm. but I want to start with the one I think is the funnest and the coolest. Mm-hmm. I want to put this card in Sarah with Hit Monkey, okay, and Bishop, and suddenly you can like like Sarah A already a great deck at leveraging information asymmetry. B though. It should, if it works like Dark Dimension, mean that cards you put in that are technically revealed on the final turn and technically played on the final turn and count for Hit Monkey. Yeah. And it can help you throw priority because it's only going to be three in that lane. And it definitely will work for Bishop because the cards, like if you play a late Bishop, the cards under there will be revealed, played, whatever you want. They'll trigger Bishop. At the end of the game. Mm-hmm. That one I do know. And there's just a bunch of like little shenanigans that you can do in the deck. And, you know, uh, it can help you like dodge wave even by like you put your stuff down then. And then suddenly, like if you just like pre hit monkey them. I don't know. There's some interesting stuff there. Can you play this in the Patriot list in the flex spot instead of like a Cosmo? The Patriot list we're referring be to instead of Luke Cage. OK, well, Luke Cage now. So but- like. Maybe, <laughs> but also, yeah, like you totally can. Uh, if you were really worried about dodging Enchantress, I do think the Patriot list is one of the two or three best decks to play right now. Yeah, but funny too, because uh, we talked about that deck two weeks ago. Uh, we sort of highlighted, re talked about it because I know you came out with it even before that. And since then, I know we had Lambie on last week and we didn't really, we didn't really mention it too much, but that deck is very, very popular now. I see that constantly taking down tournaments. Because it's uh, like one of the three best decks in the game and has been ever since. I'm shocked at the response to that. Like, oh, you lose to Enchantress. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I put all my buffs like, into yeah. one lane and I lost to Enchantress. It's like, oh yes. my God. <laughs> People were convinced, though. You should have seen our YouTube comments. It was a bloodbath. I, I, Jesus. 
all, other changes on this OTA was um, sandbar was removed, which was the location that says cards with abilities can't be played here. Plunder Castle was removed. Only cards with cost six can be played here. And Milano was removed. Turn five is the only turn cards can be played here. Um, yeah, I mean, all these locations are... They stop players from playing their cards, so I think they're dog they're, shit. Yeah, they're overall just bad experiences. <laughs> yeah. Terrible. Great job getting rid of them. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I know people are going to be focused on the locations as like the big change from this. I am really excited for Invisible Woman. I am huffing that Invisible Woman copium. When you think of the quality of dog shit two cost cards that get played in Marvel Snap, like mm. there's so many bad ones. There's yeah. so many bad two costs to get played. Like that is that is the exact like cost slot where a plus one power buff can make a card actually relevant. True. And so I'm really, I'm really interested in figuring out how that works. And the main reason I ask about Patriot is I remember when we uh, first re-highlighted the Patriot list, when it had Misty Knight and Mystique in it, one of the first lists I saw updated was with the invisible woman. So I was like, okay, well now it's a it two, worked. three. No, yeah. it would definitely work in there. Like, like I think what they're trying to do is move it beyond just being used as like enchantress condom. <laughs> and so that's that's sort of the goal, I think. But yeah, you could still totally use it as that. It's now a slightly better, a slightly larger Enchantress condom, a magnum, <laughs> if you will. All right. Well, high Evo. Uh, I'm just going to read out what high Evo does because it affects so many cards and all people listening to this might not be <laughs> sort of familiar with all of it. So high Evo is a 4-4 and says at the start of the game, unlock the potential of your cards with no abilities. So that's all the Patriot cards. First one is Wasp, which is 0-1. It says on reveal, afflict two random enemy cards here with minus one power. So that's that 0-3. You add the one power plus the minus two. Uh, Misty Knight, 1-2. Uh, when you end your turn with unspent energy, give another friendly card plus one power. Shocker. Two three on reveal. Give the leftmost card in your hand minus one cost. Cyclops three four. When you end a turn with unspent energy, afflict two random enemies here with minus one power. The thing on reveal. Afflict a random enemy card here with minus one power. Repeat this twice more. Abomination five nine. Cost one less for each enemy card in play that's afflicted with negative power. And the Hulk a six twelve ongoing plus two power for each turn you ended with unspent energy um yeah i mean i agree with you i would say that the two cards that i'm most excited about out of this are wasp and the hulk the others are a bit more conditional and you can if if you heard what i said there you can see why luke cage kind of kind of messes with the uh the strategy here pretty good a little bit yeah pretty good <laughs> I, I love all the the theory crafting that went into high evo the weeks before when it was getting hyped up on twitter was like oh look at this awesome new busted card surely nobody will put luke cage in their deck <laughs> and it's just mono luke cage is a well <laughs> i mean to be fair people didn't know how it would work until like two days before and mm. then it was confirmed that luke cage would get rid of the stuff which by the way on the on the thing since i only play bots i can't rely on them having luke cage i had to find that out by building a deck to viper my luke cage to them oh wow that's <laughs> hilarious <laughs> like if you watch the video you'll actually see the clip of me vipering a luke cage to my opponent i put it in there i thought it was funny that's hilarious. Oh, uh, but yeah. So, like, if you if you check out that video on the Marvel Snap channel, there, there, like, we talk about Luke Cage. When it cuts to the gameplay clip, the beginning of the clip, you can see me vipering it over there for oh, science. Oh man, yeah, I had to. I took a while, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> it, took, it took some time. It took some doing. 
on to the uh, the bend and snap section here, which is our listener question section. Um, we actually didn't have a question, surprisingly, but I do want to highlight last week's video that was we were joined by Lambie series, and it was one of our best. It was our best performing video ever. So thank you all. Was it really? Yes, it had about five thousand views, and um, yeah, it's our best performing podcast yet and i just want to thank the people that listened to it enjoyed it we loved having lambie on and welcome to anybody that's that's new so i want to put out a little call to action for anybody listening right now instead of the business action snap section is just leave you're just getting crushed by yeah. that phrasing like that's, yeah. that's twice i know trust Can me, me to say it the bend and snap section i got you dude you're lucky you got it first time it's it's harder than I, it looks. I'm not lucky. I'm good. I'm <laughs> articulate. I wish you could have, uh, you know, just been a bro there and messed it up the first time, made it look like. <laughs> oh, the bend and snap. <laughs> it's tough. Um, I got you. But leave a comment on YouTube. What guests would you like to see us have on in the future? Oh, yes. That's actually really good. I was just thinking about that. Like, I've really enjoyed all of our guest episodes. Not that I don't like you. Yeah, I mean, yes. Let me I let me like let me you. turn around you, so you can pull actually. the knife out of my back. <laughs> no, but like, uh, I've enjoyed all our guest episodes because they teach me when to shut up. I I think I shut up a ton on the Lambie episode, and I think that was part of why it was good. And I'm going to be trying to do that more. I'm counting the amount of times I've interrupted you. It's two so far. I really hope I'm not wrong. But like, I I, I have been gradually learning how to adapt to an audio focused medium. Uh, and treat this less like a conversation and more like a show, because I, I do think there's some. A lot of people like me, I think, because of the conversational tone that I have. I don't want to lose that. But I also don't want to be a dick. Mm. I think that we've had particularly good BS episodes because we've had people come on that were able to slot into what I think is a somewhat unique podcast format where we take a guest on and we don't go for the traditional interview style. We spend very little time on that. Instead, we just bring them straight into the topics that we'd be talking about anyway, and we get an entire new perspective. And the, the fact that all of our guests have been able to come in, do that, and hold the conversation and just like push the episode themselves, I think has made those episodes so, so, so good. So yeah, just a lot of talent that we've been able to uh, have come guest on the podcast. Yeah, maybe. It, oh God, that's three. All right, yeah, maybe it's a uh, maybe it's a credit to them, really, like a credit to Lambie and Banks and TLSG and Moyen and Jerry and every other guest that we've had on this show. Uh, by the way, I just want to share this. After my video came out, I received a DM totally unprompted from TLSG congratulating me. He once again is just the nicest man in the entirety of Marvel Snap. It is really remarkable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. TL is he is still doing daily videos. He's an absolute. I'm blown away. Workaholic. Um, crazy, crazy, crazy. But yeah, leave us a comment on YouTube. Let us know what guests you think we should have on in the future. Let's go ahead and head into the main topic, Cam, which is we're going to be talking about high evolutionary, talking about the lists that are doing well, as well as strategies that are countering it, which I think is probably where you want to be. But just to head this off, we've got to start at the top, which I think is um, Lambie's Thanos list. Um, I'll read mm -hmm. it out for the audio listeners and for the video listeners. It will be up this time. I forgot last week. I'm super sorry, <laughs> but it's Wasp. <laughs> yeah, I forgot last week because I was I was traveling and I had to have someone else upload it for me. So yeah. you'll hear me in the podcast last week was like, okay, we're going to throw that up for the the viewers. Yeah, <laughs> and no, you said it a lot. You There was a lot of, okay, we'll have this on the screen. Yes, I lied. I'm sorry. Uh, Thanos, 
High Evolutionary by Lambie Series. Wasps, Lockjaw, Killmonger, Wave, High Evolutionary, Devil Dinosaur, Leech, Doctor Doom, Odin, America Chavez, Thanos, Hulk. Cam, what do you think are the strengths of this list? We talked about it a little bit, of course, but why this list that only plays the two cards, Wasp and Hulk, rather than something that's a bit more flavorful, we'll say? Uh, Because everyone's playing Luke Cage. You'll notice the list I posted on Twitter is 11 of 12 these cards, except I'm playing Luke Cage over Odin Mm -hmm. because everyone is playing High Evolutionary. And now, like, this is not how it's always going to look. But the reason this list is the Thanos list of choice is because there's no room to actually experiment with other Thanos lists. Mm -hmm. That was like the really frustrating bit for me because I came in here like, okay, I'm going to play other Thanos lists and I run into Luke Cage and it's like, oh, oh, I can't actually do this. I don't even have the chance to explore if I can get Abomination down to two cost when I play a wave because I can't get Abomination down even one cost because everyone's playing Luke Mm. Cage, right? So So, you end up with this list because it's still functional, but I will say I'm not 100% convinced that it's an upgrade for Thanos. I think it's more close to a side grade. And I will also say... uh, I know uh, as I'm recording that Lambie series was prepping decks uh, for a tournament and did not bring Thanos. Interesting. And I think that's because his thinking on this metagame is a lot more similar to my thinking on this metagame. Uh, We'll have to edit this out if it turns out the tournament is not like today or tomorrow or before the podcast releases. But if I like what I would bring to basically any tournament is uh, you take Moyen's list and then you put Luke Cage in it. Uh, just the good cards list. Uh, basically, my thought process is there are like three decks. There's the Thanos deck. There's Kitty Pride deck. There's Patriot deck. And then there is just like whatever random crap. And you need to be playing, if you can, a deck that beats all of those would be a deck that plays Wave, Dark Hawk. And enchant and enchantress, mm-hmm. right? Makes perfect sense to me. You have the Dark Hawk package to slow down the Thanos Lockjaw stuff. You have the wave, so you don't get Kitty Pride. You have Enchantress, so you don't get Patriated. And so you start with just the good cards list, and you put in Luke Cage for people playing the random high Evo deck, and you're golden. Mm. And that that would be what I would do uh, in this context, right? Now, obviously, all three of those other decks that I listed are totally playable and functional. It's just they all lose to like one specific card. Mm -hmm. If I remember correctly, you were not the biggest fan of Thanos. Maybe it was a couple weeks ago or a week ago. Now that this Thanos list is implementing the High Evolutionary and is getting the extra value out of Wasp and Hulk, are you coming more around on this list in general? I think maybe one of your critiques, if I remember correctly, was that it was a bit high variance, and I don't don't remember you being fond of the playstyle. I honestly came around to this list before Haivo came out by just playing a bunch more of it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's just one of those things where, like, if you have a bad run with Thanos, you're going to be like, this deck sucks. Like, you're going to roll like four stones and we'll be just like, oh, my God, this deck is unplayable. This this is awful. All my lockjaws always pull stones. I can't play a deck that actually does this. And then the larger your sample size gets, you'll be like, OK, fine. It actually is good. I get it. It's a good deck. Uh, another thing that really helped was I inked my Flaviano 
uh, Ultimate Thanos variant, and mm-hmm. it has like white sparkles on it. And I Oof. think it's basically the perfect Thanos variant. I don't think there's a single better one in the game. So that's helped a lot. It does. Yeah, I think that's you get Mindstone turn one every single time after achieving that variant. I mean, also, uh, Ink Thanos, I, I, I believe, is a competitive advantage. Because you can't recognize the stones. Yeah. I actually think uh, that's true. That's hilarious. I get it. I get it. It might not be true, but I kind of think it's true. Oh, man. That's so funny. There's no reason not to. OK, you're not going to not know what the stones are, but your opponent, especially with the way Lockjaw is right now, like they might not know which stone is actually there. They might forget about a space stone. You might get them like that. Do you get this bug on desktop? I get on mobile a lot. When you roll a stone in the lockjaw lane, it will yeah. pull the next card and the, the original card will still sit on top of it. So you can't actually. Yeah, that's it. exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. That's why that's why inked Thanos. It's not the only reason. I mean, they might forget normally, but that's why I'm like pretty sure it actually is a competitive. Mm. Inked Flaviano Thanos to be specific, though, because you it's so got to I posted a YouTube short of rolling it. It's so good. Like, I don't even post that many shorts. I just had to put that one up there. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Moyen's list. So this list I'm going to put up. I just want to be clear. Like, we saw, like, Moyen's list. Like, I don't even know. The list I took from Moyen. Yeah, the list I took from Moyen. No, like, it's like, okay, like, this list was, like, one card off the list I put in my day one video. It's like three cards off the WW Lowe's list. Like it feels weird doing deck credit with like a list this defined mm-hmm. at this point. Uh it's literally just it's the same Black Bolt stature list, which is the same as the old Dino list. And like it's all been the same. It's all the same deck. It's all the same Darkhawk deck, right? Like all the way back to Darkhawk Dino and then Enchantress gets buffed. And so now we're playing Black Bolt Stature instead. Mm-hmm. And now, uh, you know, you know, Kitty Pride comes back. So we're not playing Black Bolt Stature. We're playing Wave instead. And it's just like, that's that's what this is. You can you can trace the lineage of this deck back generations. This deck goes back january all right yeah for those who aren't uh educated cam actually invented handlock in in hearthstone and invented right. this list <laughs> i invented zoo yeah. um anyway the list all right so we're sw- we're swapping out jeff for luke cage nebula korg zabu luke cage huh. wave darkhawk enchantress rock slide iron lad leader dr doom America Chavez. Do you think this is the most well-balanced and well-positioned list overall right now? Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, By the way, I bring this up because I do think we all call it Moyen list because that's like the shorthand, right? Mm -hmm. The Wobolos list doesn't run uh, Leader and Iron Lad, I think. Or maybe it runs Iron Lad, but like no Leader, just the Doom there or whatever. Like I, It's all sort of dancing around. What I'm trying to dance around here is we need a name for the archetype that's what's pissing me off that's tough because like, it's just the like good we, stuff we call one. it we yeah. call it right like we call it moyen list or wobolos list no, no 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 it's something this is an archetype and i want to know what it's called <sighs> yeah it's weird because i feel like there was like a like a like a variation or a burp of this list that existed a few months back with the dino vision like all that stuff and now it's just morphed into this because these cards are a bit, I don't know, Dark Hawk is so good, basically. And then... Right, like, it's just like, the what is what is this list? What is the word for it? We need a name for it 
in Marvel Snap that everyone agrees on. We were going with only stats, mm. and then they nerfed stature, and now that joke doesn't work anymore. Or not even they nerfed stature; they brought back, uh, they brought back Kitty Pride, and we had to cut stature, and now the joke doesn't work anymore, and we need uh, a name. I feel like this is like the boomer Jund of Marvel Snap. It's really good, unlike Jund. Uh, maybe in magic. Yeah, right so now. it can't be John. <laughs> well, John was good at one point. Okay, so but this feels like that. It's just your very generic mid range. You always get to play the game. You you have game in every single game. You know, mm-hmm. You're not losing to some random tech card or something like that. Yeah, I, I, for me, this this deck is basically John in Marvel Snap. I think of it as the answer. The answer. Like it's just the answer. It's Allen Iverson. Yeah. It's 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 just. Whatever you want to beat, you can make it beat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, in, in terms of like talking about this deck and sort of how it plays and why it's good, there's really not much to talk about. These are just some of these are pretty much just the best cards in the game, right? It's a dark it's hawk, the dark hawk shell, yeah. and then it runs the tech cards that beat the decks you might play. Exactly. Um. Anyway, let's move on to a high evolutionary list. We'll start with. We'll start with get rid. Get Rex list, I think. Um, and that's going to be Wasp, Sunspot, Nebula, Misty Knight, Scorpion, Shocker, Cyclops, High Evolutionary, Moon Girl, Abomination, America Chavez, She-Hulk. It's Cam, this, is, uh, this one is definitely a bit more open to the Luke Cage. It's like the only non-mid-range High Evo deck. Yeah. The issue is it gets like turbo hosed by Luke Cage and it gets like turbo hosed by Wave. Okay, What so is this deck trying to do outside of that though? What, what's the goal? What do you mean outside of that? That's what it does. It does Moon Girl shut. It exactly. does it Moon Girl. It moon does girl, Moon she Girl. Hulk. And then you pass, and then you play like five nine cost cards. Except you don't actually play five nine cost five nine power cards because they play the card wave on turn five and you die. Uh so I think my major issue with this kind of build or this kind of list is I I just am not like I think of decks as in like multiple categories right now. Mm-hmm. There's lose to wave lose to enchantress and then there's like actual decks right (laughs) like uh so like in the lose to wave category like the role this deck has is exploding on turn six and absolutely dying Mm -hmm. right ton of decks in this category sarah kitty bounce kitty uh the other moon girl list and i tend to think that they are a little bit stronger but the hand attack in this list, Scorpion, genuinely very good in those mirrors, uh, does mean that there is some kind of advantage to be had here. I'm just not sure if it's pronounced enough that I would rather play this than a kitty deck. If I were saying I need to pick a deck and I am accepting that I'm going to lose to wave, mm-hmm. this would be an option, but I don't know if it would be the number one option. And I feel like that about a decent amount of high Evo decks, right? Like if I'm going to pick a deck and I'm going to say I'm going to play Enchantress and Wave and be mid range, I don't think I would want to do that with high Evo. I'd rather do that with Darkhawk. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to pick a deck and I'm going to say I'm going to lose to Wave, I don't know if I'd want to do that with high Evo. I'd want to do that with Kitty. And that's sort of where I'm at with, all, with, with this specific list. I think it is probably very close to the best possible implementation of this. But with the amount of loot cages around, just play kitty 
Yeah. So the way I'd view this list, this list is something that you could put in your back pocket for now, potentially, maybe not play mm-hmm. on ladder. And if the meta starts to shift, there's another very shiny card that comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, you could potentially take this to a tournament and maybe to yes. a, maybe to a smaller tournament, maybe like the content creator clash tournament coming up. In, I don't know, but you could take this to a tournament and people might not expect it in a few weeks, may have subbed out those tech cards like Luke Cage, which everybody seems to be running just as a standard and you could see a lot of success. But right now, day one of the ladder, you're probably going to run into just, I mean, it depends where you're laddering at, but most people will be countering you <laughs> because every single list is running is running high evolutionary counters at this point. I do expect it to change in the next week or two because it tends to be all fast. Yeah, like it's, 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 this is what I mean when I say it's unfortunate, right? Is that we don't actually get to play around with the interesting, the meat of high evolutionary. We have to stay to the fringes because the meat is the kind of stuff that loses to Luke Cage. So all we get to do is eat the scraps and wait for our chance to actually get at the stake. Mm. All right, Cam, let's talk about the the best deck builder alive list. This is uh, this is straight from the Cam best Twitter. There's a lot of lists here. Which ones do you want to highlight? Is there a particular order you want to go in? Uh, From my Thanos thread? This is from your... I was just saying, I was like, that looked like a Thanos thread. Uh, uh, Thanos, Kitty Pride, and uh, Patriot would be the ones I would highlight, as you should be aware of. Sure. So the Thanos list looks slightly different. It's just Lambie's list, but with uh, Luke Cage instead of Odin. Exactly. The frustrating bit about it is I queued up and I was like, no way. Lambie's so wrong. I'm going to play Abomination. I'm going to play Thing. It's going to be great. And then. With like, it took me about two hours to get to this point of playing just Thanos, and it's just like, oh god, damn it! I have to, I have to go play Luke Cage, and I have to go play uh, just the Hulk, and I have to go just not even really play Luke Cage. I'm just playing old Thanos, but like, you know, the Hulk is sometimes really good, mm-hmm. and that's actually that's like it, it. It was it was an experience to like organically arrive at it. Mm, I felt I felt like that. <laughs> like, yeah, I felt like that when Kitty got released as well. I felt like if I wasn't playing Sandman early or even a turn five sandman or wave i was just basically conceding like i wasn't out point slamming that deck i mean pay, maybe patriot could that was about it but i felt like they had uh, they had a bit of a bigger point slam with a more consistent draw i wasn't sure about it but it, it, it's a similar experience right where it's like it comes out there's this new cool card it's like okay i'm either playing this deck or i'm playing wave or sandman that was sort of my initial reaction right basically uh, what happened was i i took I, I tried a bunch of stuff i lost like three ranks and then I put Luke Cage in and I gained like seven. It's like, OK, yeah. this, is, this is a bit much. Sounds about right. All right. Well, let's talk about this Patriot list, because I think this is still despite the past couple weeks. I played this off stream and it just farmed. It's still one of the best. I played, this, I played this off stream. And for whatever reason, I was playing like a bunch of people uh, matchmaking wise mm-hmm. that like I'd never played before. And yeah, this just farmed. Yeah, it's a great list. For the audio listeners, Wasp, Luke Cage, Mr. Sinister, Patriot, Brood, Debris, Wave, Iron Lad, Iron Man, Blue Marvel, Doctor Doom, Onslaught. So slight variation of the list we talked about a couple weeks ago, but this sort of takes the cake as I think the best the best list in the game right now. I really do. It still loses to Enchantress, so that's why I favor the Darkhawk midrange stuff over it, right? Like Darkhawk midrange with a good inch, get your ass. I like playing these decks more on ladder. I feel like I sure. have more snap equity than the Darkhawk mid-range list. Sure. Yeah. That's the only reason is I feel like when I see the Patriot hand that I will snap with, I, I mean, it is 
it is clear as day, right? So it's a, I will see it early. I will snap early and Patriot will also draw some shit hands and I will leave those games. And I, I like to play those kind of lists on ladder rather than playing the, the good stuff list, the mid range list. I gotcha. I tend towards the mid range stuff on ladder. Yeah. I like being in games. Well, let's talk about your kitty list as the last one called the, it's just the normal kitty list. Like it's going to get, it's going to get you. Like if you don't play wave, this, this is the boogeyman. This is it. Like I consider the kitty wave one, two, uh, basically the foundational interaction of this format, because without wave in her current form, kitty would ruin everyone, everyone. Mm -hmm. Everyone would be getting ruined by this. Just absolutely blown out of the water. Yep. Because it just does more points than anything else. It's ridiculous. And I think more importantly than that, it's not just more points. It has an incredible ability to target them. And because of the fact that it is a turn six deck, it doesn't have to put all the points on the board. It just has to put them in the right spots. And it usually, like, unless you have 40 power in each lane, it's going to be able to beat you. Mm-hmm. For the audio listeners, the Hood, Kitty Pride, Bast, Iceman, Angela, Hit Monkey, Beast, the Collector, Falcon, Mysterio, Bishop, Merrick Chavez. Uh, this has been around since Kitty Pride sort of researched, and I agree with you. One of the most disgusting point slam lists that I think has ever existed in Marvel Snap. It's 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 pretty wild what it can do on turn. It six. reminds me of playing the original Sarah list, which it's- like there was a two cost Ghost Rider or a three cost Ghost Rider and a two cost Lady Sif. So you would just put America Chavez in there and you would spend three energy for that whole thing. That's that's wild. I I'm excited for uh, like a future episode, maybe quite a while down the line where we can do a nostalgic callback to old Marvel snap list that dominated yeah, like, in their in their metas. Like what people don't realize about Sarah is that for the first few months of its existence, it was a pure point slam deck. It It had absolutely nothing to do with the tech cards because it didn't need them. Yep. It just went bigger. <laughs> like, it, like it only actually started needing the tech cards later on. Uh there was like but back when uh magic was uh back when magic turn was six, uh, magic. a card you can play on turn six. So you'd have like Sarah Magic decks. And then it became a sort of tech card deck. This is like late in the beta, but still before release. So yeah. Yeah. The old back in my day. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's super interesting how fast the card game meta moves in Marvel Snap. It is uh, unbelievable compared to any other card game I've ever experienced, and I love it. Um, Cam, anything left to say on High Evo before we do some housekeeping to for this episode? I think people are going to ask if it's worth buying, and because it's a big bad, the answer is probably still yes. Mm-hmm. I don't want to make it sound like I'm down on High Evo. It's just he's not... I think he's quite a powerful card, but it's hard to evaluate him because we haven't gotten the chance to really sink our teeth into him. And I think there's a decent chance he ends up, you know. I think there's a chance he ends up in the sort of Galactus range. Mm. I don't think he'll end up as bad as Kang. I do think, you know, there's probably a home for him in Thanos most of the time. Just that extra wasp stuff is good. I think the lane control lists where you have like Storm and then the Hulk wins another lane really hard. I think that's like pretty compelling to me. Uh, I I just think that we won't really get to be able to have a full uh, accounting of this card because, by the way, uh, I want to circle back to lane control really quick. 
another thing that's really good against turn six decks is locking down lanes early. So uh, Spider-Man, Profex, Storm are decks that can beat the kitty deck without needing to resort to wave. And that means that you can then use your slots to focus on other matchups. Um, so definitely, I would say keep an eye on those lists. I'm just I'm, I, I am not positive how Evo is the best way to build those, but I am fairly certain that they represent a sort of orthogonal way of attacking the uh, Kitty Pride lists. And as such, like I said, how the Kitty Wave interaction was foundational to the metagame. Well, if you can solve Kitty Pride a different way, that gives you a different angle to attack other things. So definitely uh, would keep them in mind. Mm -hmm. But anyway, back to High Evo. I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if Iron Lad ended up being a stronger card long term. But the issue that we have is... A, Haivo is a big bad and super cool and super fun. B, we have no idea what downgrade schedules look like anymore. <laughs> and so I don't even know how to tell people which one they should get. They should get whichever one they think is better. Because I, I think I personally would suggest that, like, preliminarily, I'd lean lad, but I wouldn't base, if I were you, I wouldn't base anything mm. on what I say right now because it's been a day and a half. Yeah, true. I think that uh, I think Iron Lad is overstated. <laughs> to be honest, at four six, I, I can see it taking taking a stat nerf. But at the same time, it it really depends on internal uh, their internal data on how it actually performs. Because I, when you when we sort of consider the rhetoric around the card, people are up on the card now, but still not enough in my opinion. That card is just so 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 good. But it's one of those cards that I think it doesn't it doesn't always just like win the game for you and maybe sometimes it's kind of average so that for that reason some people it's it's just kind of underrated i i don't think it's a it's immediately it's like, apparent how powerful it is compare it to white queen mm -hmm. where it's like white queen's upside is she draws a card iron lad's upside is that sometimes you just win the game yeah like a four eight like, four eighteen with brood, yeah. like it's wild. Like, before before, sometimes, sometimes it'll copy Patriot or Brood or Mister Sinister, and you're just like, oh, I win. Okay, cool. Yeah, if it, the, I think the best way to realize Iron Lad's power is play it in the Patriot list, and every time you play Iron Lad, just calculate the actual quantitative value you got. It starts to get ridiculous. It's like the most ridiculous four power card in the game. Um, well, Iron Lad stands. Anyway, we had a pot. We had a review come in this week from King H. They say fun podcast, but the real point of this review is to make Brennan say whatever I want briefly. Not going to abuse this power too much, but just know it's there. More seriously, these guys are awesome at delivering extremely detailed content that's well put together for players with a more competitive mindset. They give excellent information and up-to-date decks, new cards, and tournament results while still keeping the flow and banter banter fun each week. Please ask educated collins to guest at some point because Ooh, it would be so good. fun keep up the great content submission number one we were asking for suggestions that's yeah. a good one yep submission number one uh but yeah king thank you so much for the review if you if you are listening to this podcast and you have been for a while and you enjoy it the number one thing you can do to help us out is leave us a review um you can go to rate this podcast.com slash snapshot or if you don't want to do that, Apple Review, Apple Podcasts is the best place to leave that review. If you're listening to this on podcast platforms, there's a video version of it on youtube.com slash at the underscore snapshot. And guess what? Yes, there is deck list pictures up there this time. <laughs> so hit that like and subscribe while you're there. Um, we're at, I think we're at like 1,300 subscribers. So 
doing our best. Someone commented on our video is actually a pretty upvoted comic cam. And like, why don't you guys promote this podcast? It's so good. I was like, dude, we are trying. <laughs> We're doing our best. <laughs> What does that even mean? Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a compliment. Bio? Yeah, it's a compliment. I think they're just, they, oh it's the classic. Try, it's like, bro. why does this have so few subscribers? So hit, give us a subscribe. It helps a lot. Um, we're both on Twitter. I do, I, yes. Yeah. Subscribe. Subscribe. Uh, we're both on Twitter. I'm at Brendan APG. Cam is at Cam. Best MS. Cam also streams on Twitch and his schedule is. Uh, I take Mondays and Thursdays off. That is my schedule. Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I am live on Twitch TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. That's it. Go check them out. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you next week.